The issue of AI regulation erupted on X, formerly Twitter, yesterday when explicit digitally fabricated images of Taylor Swift flooded the site. It took hours for X, which has gutted its content moderation headcount, to remove the fake nude images of the superstar singer, the Wall Street Journal reported. Rolling Stone reported that this incident attracted the attention of Congress, they probably spend too much time on X, and AI regulation may result, buoyed by Swift's popularity. The OCC announced Massimo Kutali has been appointed as the incoming chief financial risk officer, CFRO, at OCC, succeeding the retiring CFRO, Dale Michaels. Congratulations to Elise Fleischiker, who is starting a new position as Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Trading Technologies. Elise previously served as Executive Vice President of Marketing at TT. The London Metal Exchange has joined the International Chromium Development Association, the LME shared on LinkedIn. Let's hope the smog is lifting in China and the sun shines through. Bloomberg reports that in 2023, China surpassed all other nations by adding a whopping 216.9 gigawatts of solar power, exceeding its previous record of 87.4 gigawatts in 2022. This achievement has expanded its already substantial lead in renewable energy, with a solar fleet larger than the entire U.S. market, which stands at 175.2 gigawatts. I had one of my worst medical experiences yesterday, though in the greater scheme of things it was not that bad. I was scheduled for an MRI under sedation, since I can't lie on a flat surface without being in pain, and I'm claustrophobic. I was supposed to have two MRIs last week, one on my neck and one on my brain. This is for my neuropathy pain and headaches. I have spinal stenosis of the neck, which causes headaches. However, because I have a neurostimulator in my back to help with back pain, I could not do the back-to-back -back MRIs. The wire in my back can only be exposed to the magnets for 30 minutes before they start to heat up. I would have to have stay sedated an extra hour between MRIs, which the doctors thought was a bad idea. However, when they rescheduled me for this week, it created havoc with the Epic software system, and for some reason the anesthesiologist workflow would not come up in the system. It was marked as complete from the previous week's MRI. No matter what they did, for over an hour and a half, they could not figure it out. Finally, a more senior person came by, took over, and mitigated the situation in five minutes. However, this 90-minute delay was not the worst part. The anesthesia I was given was particularly painful going in, making me shout in pain as it burned in my hand. That was still not the worst part. The worst part was when I woke up as they were trying to intubate me. I could not breathe. They were suctioning my throat, then putting in the tube. It did not feel like it had oxygen coming from it. I could not talk, blink, or move. The last thing I remember was them taping the tube over my mouth. I shared my story with the head anesthesiologist afterwards, and the case is being looked into. But needless to say, 
Waking up in the middle of a procedure, even just a test, was not a pleasant experience. Bloomberg reporter Akshat Rathi has an illuminating interview with Gail Whiteman, founder of Arctic Basecamp on Bloomberg Zero podcast, Best Of, How Climate Reached the World's Elite in Davos. Since 2017, Whiteman and a group of scientists have pitched and lived in a tent at Davos, the ski resort town in Switzerland, where every year billionaires and heads of state attend the meeting of the World Economic Forum. Her mission, to talk science to power. It's a great story about how climate became a part of the conversation at Davos and how in 2024 the urgency of taking action on climate change was underscored by the lack of snow at the posh ski resort town. Listen to the Zero podcast with a link in today's newsletter. Sustainable business news provider Eddy has published its Sustainability Communications and Disclosure Handbook 2024. The revamped edition provides a snapshot of the key reporting frameworks that businesses can use to disclose as well as actionable advice on communicating sustainability strategies honestly and transparently. The ED Handbook is a free download for those of you who register on the ED website. Download the handbook with a link in today's newsletter. Our most read stories from our previous edition of JLN Options were Bitcoin ETFs make the crypto more like the S&P 500. Analysts says why that's a bad thing from Barron's. Ether options out of sync with bullish sentiment on the street from Coindesk via Markets Insider and why activist short sellers stir up controversy from Bloomberg. Subscribe to the free JLN Options newsletter with a link in today's JLN. Here are more stories from the first read section of today's JLN. Here's a commentary from IEX and John Ramsey, their chief market policy officer. The headline, Saving Your Pennies, the Increasing Influence of Low-Priced Stocks in the Markets, a Closer Look at How Penny Stocks Are Reshaping Wall Street's Landscape, a curious trend. Something strange has been happening in the U.S. stock market over the last year, and that something is exemplified by the case of Bit Brothers Limited, a NASDAQ issuer with the symbol BATS. It may surprise you to know BATS was the most actively traded stock by share volume during the last six months of the year, with a trading price of around one cent per share. Bet's volume ramped up especially in December, during the last week of the month. Bet's averaged about 2 billion shares a day, or 19% of all listed stock volume. On December 27th, 3.5 billion shares of Bet's traded, amounting to 28% of the total volume that day. My comment, John Ramsey is always worth the read. Here's a story from the Wall Street Journal, the headline. Russian court extends detention of Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gerchkovich. American journalist is set to remain behind bars for at least another two months awaiting trial. A court in Moscow ruled to extend by two months the detention of Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gerchkovich, who is deemed by the U.S. to be wrongfully held in Russia. In a closed hearing at the Lefortovo District Court, 
a judge granted the request of investigators from the Federal Security Service, or FSB, that Gershkovich remain behind bars awaiting trial until March 30th. My comment. Mr. Putin seems to think he has an advantage as the U.S. goes through its election process and aid to Ukraine is held up. He continues to use this unfortunate Wall Street Journal reporter as a bargaining chip. Free Evan now. Here are the top three stories from Thursday's JLN. Actually, we don't have them. Due to a technical problem at our email provider, Constant Contact, we are not able to access our top three stories this morning, so we're unable to provide this information today. Our apologies. Here are the top three stories from the lead section of today's JLN. Uh, first is a press release from the CFTC. CFTC Customer Advisory cautions the public to beware of artificial intelligence scams. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission Office of Customer Education and Outreach today issued a customer advisory warning the public about artificial intelligence AI scams. Customer advisory AI won't turn trading bots into money machines explains how the scams use the potential of AI technology to defraud investors with false claims that entice them to hand over their money or other assets to fraudsters who misappropriate the funds and deceive investors. With the growth of the use of AI in everyday life, scammers are making claims that it can generate huge sums using bots, trade signal algorithms, crypto asset arbitrage algorithms, and other AI-assisted technology. The prevalence of social media platforms and influencers makes it even easier for fraudsters to spread false information. The advisory warns investors that claims of high or guaranteed returns are red flags of fraud and that strangers promoting these claims online should be ignored. Here's another press release from the CFTC. CFTC staff request for comment on the use of artificial intelligence in CFTC-regulated markets. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission's Divisions of Market Oversight, Clearing and Risk, Market Participants, and Data and the Office of Technology Innovation today issued a request for comment, RFC, to better inform them on the current and potential uses and risks of artificial intelligence in the derivatives markets the CFTC regulates. Here's another story, this one from Bloomberg. The headline, Wall Street unleashes quants in race for private market billions. Wall Street is turning to its biggest brains as the battle for supremacy in the world of private assets heats up. Quantitative analysts, more usually found in data-heavy parts of the financial ecosystem, such as stocks or derivatives, are being deployed by firms like Ares Management Corp. and BlackRock Inc., as they race for an edge in private equity and credit. These opaque markets have grown fourfold over the past decade to command $10 trillion, according to data from alternative asset consultancies Prequin. But systematic players typically haven't been heavily involved because private assets lack the reams of numbers where quants can hunt for profitable patterns and dislocations. We're grateful for your attentive listening to the John Lothian News Daily Update podcast. Please consider spreading the word about our podcast among your friends. Moreover, if you haven't done so already, we would greatly appreciate if you could spare a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform on which you access this podcast. 
Your reviews play a crucial role in introducing our content to new listeners. Also, if you haven't subscribed to the daily John Lothian newsletter email yet, you can enjoy a complimentary 90-day trial by visiting johnlothiannews.com forward slash trial. Thank you for your valued support. Have a great day and stay safe and treat people the same way you want to be treated. With respect, equality, and justice. This has been John Logan. Goodbye. This podcast has been produced by Andrew Logan.